Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, I'm Josh Hallam and you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we celebrate films that we think are underrated, underseen, or we perhaps just wanted to talk about them. This week's film is The Whole Nine Yards. So, let's see what we think. Alice. Yes, Josh. The whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. All the, nine of them. The ninth film in the yards whole trilogy. No, not trilogy. Indeed. That doesn't make any sense. The nine uh, non 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 the whole yard cinematic universe. So if you haven't seen um, one through eight, guys, just <laughs> go away. Watch all uh, those we're films. Joking. We'll need... <laughs> we're joking. It's just one film. With a, There is a sequel, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the whole nine yards, and, and there will be spoilers if you've not seen it. So, Indeed. you know, go and watch it, and then see what we think, or, or, or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, Alice, you pick this one. Mm-hmm. So the whole nine yards, Alice. Okay. What is The Whole Nine Yards about, Alice? And why did you pick The Whole Nine Yards, Alice? So The Whole Nine Yards is a comedy crime film starring Matthew Perry and Bruce Willis. So Matthew Perry stars as Oz, who is a dentist who lives in Quebec, who is in what looks like a very unhappy marriage with his wife. Bruce Willis plays Jimmy Tudeski, or Jimmy the Tulip, a famous hitman who moves in next door after getting out of prison. There is a bounty on his head, and Oz's wife tells Oz to go and collect it, but Oz doesn't really want to do that because he quite likes Jimmy. Then Jimmy finds out about the whole thing, but he isn't mad at Oz because he's got a man on the inside who knows what's actually going on. We then find out that Oz's wife had actually hired a different contract killer previously to kill Oz so she could get his life insurance money. This failed because the contractor, Jill, who is Oz's dental assistant, started to like Oz too much. So we follow this as it all unravels. There's contract killers killing gangsters and cops. Oz falls in love with Jimmy's wife, Cynthia. Jill and Jimmy then fall in love. And they all live happily ever after. Um... The reason I picked it, so I did think perhaps it was a little bit underrated. It's also a little bit of a revisit for me. So I'd seen the film when I was younger. I knew I liked it. Pretty sure I had it on VHS. But I actually couldn't remember anything about it. Like I couldn't remember (laughs) what it was about at all. But I just remembered that I did like it. So I was like, Mm. right, well, I need to go and rewatch this, see if I like it. Looked at the critical reception online. I was like, hmm. I think that's a little bit low. So I think maybe the whole nine yards might be a bit underrated. Uh, So when it this bit underrated, bit revisiting. Um, What about you, Josh? Had you seen the whole nine yards? Had you heard of the whole nine yards? I had not seen the whole nine yards. I had heard of the whole nine yards. Uh, But other than knowing who was in it, in terms of Matthew Perry and Bruce Willis, 
That is all I knew. I yeah. didn't know anything about it going in. Ah, did not know it. Interesting. Not, not a jot. Oh, cool. All right, then. So what did you think? So I really wanted to like this. You wanted to like it. Okay. I really wanted like, I saw the cast and I was like, it's definitely yeah. going to be good, this. Yeah, a bit of me, that. A bit of Brucey, Britain, Matt. It, just, yeah. it, le- it left me a bit, if I'm honest, a bit meh. Okay. Overall. Yeah. Now... Got stuff I liked about it. Okay, good. I'm not going to absolutely lay into it, but I will be honest, the whole thing left me a bit, a bit, nah. Um, left wanting a few more yards, Yeah, I think, I think it didn't, it, did, it, it couldn't cash the check that the plot promised that okay. it could. Okay, all right then. And the cast okay. as well. But there's stuff I liked about it, so let's get stuck good. into that. Great. So, um, well, okay, so you revisited this. Mm-hmm. You liked it when you were a kid. I did. And you watched it on VHS and your dad probably had it under yards. Yeah, probably just yards. Yeah. <laughs> yards. Um, so Chandler from it again. Friends is taken on by... Yeah. John McClane and Chandler <laughs> yeah. in crime film. Uh, so what... So what did you think then? Having watched it again, did it live up to your memory? That Because the thing is, is you didn't really have a memory, did you? You just remembered that you liked it. I just remembered that I liked it. I guess it was a little bit similar, like with all dogs go to heaven. Like, yeah. I maybe couldn't quite remember the exact plot points and the exact narrative, but I knew that I had a feeling towards I, it. I, I was a bit like that when we did Casper, when you picked Casper. Oh, I just remember nervous. thinking, I remember enjoying that. Because the other one that, that we've never done, and I don't know if we'll ever do, was I always remember being at like, I don't know, a babysitter's house or a childbinder's house or a friend's house or something like that and watching uh, The Flintstones. Oh, yeah. The John Goodman one. Yeah, and just yeah. Being, and, like, I have, and I bet if we watch that now, I bet, I bet it's shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I like when you're a kid, and this is what I suppose this is what we talk about, which is it's maybe not for you, you know, a live action uh, uh, Flintstones yeah, <laughs> adaptation is not necessarily for you, for, but you for can still you. appreciate and, <laughs> and you enjoyed it at the yeah. time. So you remembered that you liked it. So mm-hmm. what did you like having watched it with a more critical eye? So overall, right, I actually really liked it. Like I had a really good time, and I think I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I was a bit. I suppose a bit nervous, had some reservations. I was like, oh my God, is this going to be rubbish? Is it going to be outdated? Was this just, you know, I was young, naive or whatever and, you know, liked it for those reasons. But I actually really enjoyed it. So I quite like the concept. So scary hitman moves in next door and shenanigans ensue, right? Oz is pretty miserable and pretty bored. He's wanting something to happen. And so it does happen. And I quite like that at the beginning of the film, you don't really know what it's going to be about. Like, is it going to be a rom-com? Is it a family drama? Is it a social thriller? Like, it's not the most complex story or script ever, but I do think it keeps you guessing. And I do think it's pretty funny at times, and you've got some good physical gags in there, some low-key, sarcastic, deadpan humour as well, I thought. Um... I think Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry work really well together. So, I mean, Matthew Perry is just pretty much being Chandler, uh, but he gives a pretty decent physical performance. Like, he's always dramatically bumping into stuff or falling over things in quite yeah, a slapstick, slapstick way. In there. Yeah, 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 a bit, bit Jim Carrey-esque at times, I thought. Uh, he's really jumpy as well, and you've got all this alongside Bruce Willis's cool, calm, collected, but dangerous. And I think they complement each other really well. There's a moment where Oz is sort of ambushed by Jimmy in a hotel room, and he turns around to run away but he just full-on body smashes into one of Jimmy's henchmen and then just bouncing off that as well I completely forgot that Michael Clark Duncan was in this so he plays Frankie Legend. Figs one of Jimmy's close friends he's brilliant I also think Kevin Pollack who plays crime boss uh, Yanni Gogolak is really good as well he brings a lot of little touches to his character like the way he pronounces certain words and his gestures and his movements and stuff and I actually found really entertaining okay okay so 
I would echo a lot of what you've said there. Great. So, like, I but do still. think I in in bits of it, I think. So, I think Matthew Perry is really, really good in this. Mm-hmm. I think he he's really good as the sort because he is. I'm not that familiar with Friends. I've not watched. Lots oh, you're of not? It, but are you? No, yeah. but I know the character of Chandler. I know mm-hmm. what his shtick is and all that sort of stuff. And I do know what you mean. Except in this, he's a bit more of a straight man, mm-hmm. and it, and I think he does that straight man in over his head really really well there are points when he almost feels like he's the only actor who sort of is trying in this oh interesting yeah. um which which i'll come back to he does do some excellent slapstick and, and as i say he does that in over his head thing straight man you know normal guy in a world he doesn't understand really really well i think in this um he gets more manic as the film goes on and more and mm. more crazy stuff happens and i do yeah. think he carry i think he carries the film quite well mm-hmm. um there's some good bits of slapstick, as I've said. There's some good bits of darker comedy towards the end. Um, the flip side of that is I'll come on to later on. Um, it does feel like what they were trying to go for was an old school, star-driven caper crime comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, like the sort of thing you'd look back and see, like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin in, or something like that in this in the in the sixties. Um, yeah. So there's some good bits in it in that sense. I do think that. Some good moments as well. So there's a bit where he realizes who Bruce Willis is. Yes. And you get this moment where he remembers all the news headlines yes, and media the coverage. Newspaper, of, of, like of montage him being, yeah. bits. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I, that was a really interesting choice. I thought that, was really, I thought that good, was really yeah. good. I um I'd never seen a film set in Quebec before. So no, yeah, really. really <laughs> you've got that really interesting mix because it's obviously a French speaking and American well, English speaking mm-hmm. Canadian uh, city, isn't it? And um is it a city or is it Definitely a city, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought so. Yeah. Um, as in, I don't mean like, is it a village? I mean, like, <laughs> or is it like I a remember, province? I or couldn't remember if it was yeah. a province, yeah, yeah or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, like, uh, but anyway, so you got some really good like shots of a of a, of a sort of a, a lesser seen skyline. You know, yes. we've seen New York, we've seen San Francisco, always, we've seen LA, always, or we've right. seen you know. We've seen Chicago. Yeah, or London. And and a lot of Chicago is in this. But you get some really good bits of Quebec. And I thought that was quite interesting. There's some interesting... I don't even know if I liked it. There's some interesting music in it. Yes, let's talk about the music. Yeah, so go on. What did you think of the music? I loved it, right? So I really like the score and the soundtrack. It's a bit out there, isn't it? It is a bit out there. And I feel like I've been quite harsh recently on uh, films, soundtracks and scores. I know I slagged off Passengers a bit and Bruce Almighty. But there was a real jazz feel to this in in a lot of the music. There was a lot of wind instruments and at times it was sexy, at times it was dangerous. And I thought it was really good and used really well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Some of it was a bit, I think because because you're not used to it. So if you look at the two films you just mentioned there, Passengers and Bruce Almighty, Mm -hmm. I think the score... I disagree with Passengers, mm-hmm. but I know what you mean with Bruce Almighty, which is the score is something that you're almost so used to that it's there to show you when to feel emotional, a yes. bit like a laugh track in a sitcom. Yeah. So for me, I almost just didn't notice it. Okay, yeah. Whereas this, because I think they made some quite brave choices, I did notice it. And there were some bits where I don't even know if I disliked or liked it. I was just, I noticed it. I was like, that's a weird choice. I've not heard that before. I've not heard that before. But you do associate jazz with like, Quebec and Montreal, don't you? Because there is a sort of a bit of a, a jazz culture, I think, in those cities. I've definitely seen ah, it in other films. Okay. I've definitely seen it in other films. When we are, and, we do go into a jazz bar a couple of times And there is a jazz bar well, in it, we? yeah. And, and, and I think, is it is it Bruce Willis's character likes jazz? Does he listen to jazz at one point? Or one of them's listening to jazz at one point? But anyway, I, did, I thought there were some interesting choices in the music. Um, for me, the highlight, so, so mm. 
there are some good performances in it. Matthew Perry, but the highlight for me is is um, the two ladies who are in it. I can't remember the blonde lady's name, but I think Amanda Pete, Pete who plays um, what's the character called? Jill. Jill is the assistant, and then yeah, Cynthia is Jimmy's wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, she, so so the, so Amanda Pete, who plays Jill, I think she is the beating heart an emotional sort of centre of this film. Mm-hmm. I think she's quite underrated as a performer. I know that uh, she hasn't done loads of leading stuff, but she does a lot of character roles or supporting roles. She was in she did a couple of films that, like, we, we did one before you came on board called Away We Go. That's worth... Is it Away We Go? No. No. You know what she's in? The Way Way Back. She's in The Way Way Back. Is she? She plays the character who Steve Carell is cheating on Tony Collette with. Oh, God, does and she? She's, and she's, re- she's always really good mm. in stuff. She's always like... she. I've never seen her give a bad performance. She seems to be able to do a bit of everything. Mm. And her story arc in this... Oh, it's good, isn't it? I thought was the most interesting part yeah, of the it's film. Good. It's funny. So, for me, the film really comes... Again, spoilers, I know if, you know it's a 20-odd-year-old film. You've probably seen it if you're listening to this. But, so it turns out, as Alice said when she was introducing the film, that she is... You think she's just Matthew Perry's assistant and they mm-hmm. seem to be really friendly and he's always she's always encouraging him to get out of his marriage because he's so unhappy and all that sort of stuff. But it turns out that actually his wife hired her to kill him because she really mm-hmm. wants to be a... She wants to be a contract killer. He was the first hire she ever got and, and then she couldn't go through with killing him because she liked him too much. But she idolises Bruce Willis's character, which yeah. then becomes like a romantic attachment, right? Mm-hmm. But that reveal doesn't come in until, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes, yeah, quite an hour, into, something quite like that. It's, it's film, halfway yeah. through, isn't it? Something like that. But that, for me, that, like that, I wasn't really enjoying the film that much. I was like, I don't really know oh, what this shit. is. What I don't really know what I'm feeling about this. And that came into it. I was like, that's good. That I like. Yeah, that. that's a nice. Like a really, twist, it's, it's, yeah. a, like an, it's a nice little story arc, and I could have done with more of it, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Um, and I think even though they give her a story arc, I still think she's a little bit underused. Yeah, because she's she gives a real, like a real energy to that character, and and when the when the twist comes into it, it adds another layer of stakes and another layer of tempo to the story, which was a bit bog standard until then. And she is so likable in this role, I think, that I think you really root for that character. But I could have done with mm-hmm. more of her, or I could have done with yeah, I just could, I could have done with more of her. But fair, I think I think she's brilliant in this. I mean, what have you got anything about that? Do you, like, what do you think about that? I mean, that was one of my favorite sort of narrative points throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said at the beginning, I, I suppose where I quite enjoyed that you didn't quite know where it was gonna go and you didn't really know what the point of anything was. You, you probably didn't enjoy that as much and it sort of left you wandering a little bit. But yeah, when that happened, because it's interesting because it's like a save the cat moment that happens off screen. Like mm. when you find out, oh, she actually had the opportunity to kill uh, to kill Oz, to kill Matthew Perry's character for money and she didn't do it. So even though we don't see that, it makes you like her a bit more and all this stuff that she's saying about, oh, you need to leave your wife. You know, you're obviously in an unhappy relationship. Like at first that might seem quite oh, well, who are you? Like, like, yeah. how close are you to him? But it's like, oh no, she has the facts that his wife wants him dead for money. Yeah. Like, she knows that information. Yeah. So she is an authority to say, you need to leave that marriage now. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a, as a plot point. Yeah, it's, and it adds another layer of value and jeopardy to the whole character arc. But what else? So, you, you know, you, you obviously have a, a real affection for this film that, that goes back to, do you think a lot of it was nostalgia or did you find stuff that you really, really liked again as an adult? Just, I think it was just kind of, it was quite low stakes. Like it was quite Mm. easy going. And I think because my expectations weren't necessarily low, but I just didn't, 
Like, I just couldn't remember any of the plot points or anything. And then it wasn't until, like, Bruce Willis's character moves in next door and I was like, oh, yeah, and then it sort of all started coming back to me. But I just really enjoyed it and I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, something that I did notice this time around, so there's a lot of flies buzzing around in this film, so usually buzzing around certain characters' heads, including Oz, but I don't really know what this means. So I was like, could this be to indicate that Oz's wife has put a hit out on him and it's like, death is just around the corner. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was I was searching for it. And then also another thing was that there was a lot of uh, no smoking signs in this film, but every fucker was smoking. Like everyone yeah. except Oz pretty much was smoking. So again, I was like, what does this mean? But I don't really know what it meant. <laughs> Do you know what it meant, Josh? What were they trying to convey um, with that? Maybe it's just meant to show a disregard for rules. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe. I'm not too sure. And obviously, because he's because he's is a dentist. Smoking ban. Well, this is in Canada, so I don't know. Yeah, if not it, sure when it came. It would have been just before for us. Did the smoking ban come in here? Seven or eight, something like that. Oh, was it that late? Was it? So it was. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, I can't remember. I it was definitely, it was within 10 years of this. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I don't know. So, you know, was there a lot more going on? under the surface that maybe I just couldn't quite understand. I don't know. And smoke gets rid of flies. So if they were all allowed to smoke, there might not be so many flies. Oh, maybe. Maybe the two are connected. Josh, you are a mind and a half. I tell Analysis. You. That's what we're here for. 
Okay, so let's move on then to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like or that we might change about the film. Now, you said you liked this when you when you were younger, you watched it again, you still like it, but you mm. weren't you weren't gushing with praise, you weren't mm. effusive. I have so, gushed harder. So, you have, you mm-hmm. have. So what uh what would you change about it? Or what did what was there anything you watched that was like, I don't remember that, or that's disappointing, or is it just all pretty positive for you? No, so there were a couple of things. So technically, there were a few dodgy cuts in there. Um, so I feel like more attention could have been paid to the continuity editing. Like when we were cutting from one shot to the next, the character's positioning or placement would feel a little bit off. Mm. And I always feel like that does cheapen a film, like when those sort of mistakes have been made. And because we are reading the film in such a way, you like I'm going to notice it. Like, I will notice that sort of thing. So that was a bit of a shame. Um, I do find it a bit crazy that Oz falls in love with Cynthia, so Jimmy's wife, after 24 hours, yes. and then proposes to her as well. That I was is a bit in, like... That's in my notes. It's a bit... Yeah, he, he fancies her. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like like a bit wacky. And you... Like, that's not... That's why I've got a wider point on this. But yeah, it, 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 he just sees her, fancies her, and then by within days, they're engaged. I think a day... Like, I yeah, think the whole thing is weird. pretty much over 24 hours. He's, like, telling her that he loves her and that he wants to marry her. And for me, that just, that um, sort of makes him come across as more shallow than perhaps yeah. I felt like he was at the beginning. Because um, he's yeah. obviously at the beginning, you know, he's all like, oh, I'm complaining about my wife. I'm unhappily married. But because we do actually find out, oh, no, his wife is a bit of a terrible person and does want him dead. <laughs> yeah. So that's all justified. So then when this all happens with Cynthia... It just makes him so much more two-dimensional, uh, which I think is a bit of a shame. But what was your wider point on this? What did you note? So, so my wider point, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll come back to it when if you've got anything else to say later on, which is that I think that the big issue for me with this was that it almost couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. On one hand, it wants to be a sort of caper, screwball comedy with a, like a bit more of an ensemble cast. And, and in that sense, it reminded me of, of something like Rat Race. Mm-hmm. Really simple plot. Uh, actors sort of acting in a more melodramatic way, owning the screen, chewing the scenery. And in that sense, if they if you cartoon it up a little bit like Rat Race does, then I think some of the choices of the characters make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, there's bits in Rat Race that are like, you would never act like that. You would no, never like never it's such do a that. weird yeah, way. Yeah. But because it's of the wacky way it's delivered as to you, hell, isn't it? it's like yeah. it's like you're watching the wacky races or it's like mm-hmm. you're watching Definitely. Tom and Jerry or something like that. And by presenting it to you in this cartoony way, you don't, I didn't find myself, I could understand, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, but I didn't find myself when we talked about Rat Race, questioning the choices of the characters. Because yeah, they all make really stupid choices in incredibly unrealistic scenarios, right? But on the other hand, this is sort of trying to be maybe like a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think it doesn't pitch its tent or hitch to each either wagon. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't decide. Or, and, and so for me, because it, it didn't pick one, it didn't make sense. If it was a goofball comedy or a, a caper movie, Oz falling in love with Cynthia then getting engaged straight away almost makes sense because mm-hmm. that idea of like Cupid's arrow hits, it, it makes sense. Like, So if you think like in Rat Race, there are characters that, that meet and like fall in love straight away. Mm. But almost doesn't feel like it fits in the world of the film. And then mm. there's other things that I started noticing, like why are Matthew Perry and his wife together? Yeah. Unless yeah. unless it's something to do with divorce law in Canada, I don't know. I'm not a legal expert, but <laughs> but this just seems to be like he just doesn't have the balls to leave her, and that's it. Um, and then other stuff like 
there's some really weird product placement choices in it. Like there's really obvious bits where characters are drinking Pepsi, Pepsi or Miller, I know, or it's the Miller Pepsi, Genuine yeah. Dry. And it's literally yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like fucking Wayne's World. Yeah, it's it was, so, was it's so obvious. <laughs> and then there's another bit where to dis- to distract some, to distract some guys who are attacking, the, uh, t- attacking them, Amanda Pete walks out naked, mm-hmm. right? Again, so for me, she doesn't need to be naked. She could just be in her underwear. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I thought that when when I see it's a like, it's full, unne- it's, fully it's, nude, it's, it's I was gratuitous. like, Ooh. yeah, it's a bit gratuitous to me. I think it's a little bit indicative of the time that this was made. Mm-hmm. If it was more of the caper comedy, more of the goofball comedy, I could, uh, considering the time, maybe think, well, that's why he's topless. Mm-hmm. I still don't. I still think uh, it, whatever it was, it's probably a little bit gratuitous. But but because because I was like, you know, undecided on what genre or what type of comedy it wanted it to be, it left me questioning it. Mm. So it left me going, I don't understand what this is. I don't it's understand what muddled, this wants to be. It? Yeah. yeah, it's like, it could have been, it could have, it could have been that like star-driven caper comedy. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, because the other thing they do is that there's some real disparity in the performance styles of some of the actors. So like Matthew Perry, straight man, does a bit of slapstick. But then you've got Rosanna Arquette, doing the most cartoony French accent. Mm. And then, I know you said you, like, you liked Kevin Pollock's performance. I, I didn't mind his performance apart from one another, which is he seemed to be doing a weird affectation with his voice where, so they're on about they're the Hungarian mob. Mm. And it sort of seems to be that he's speaking English with a Hungarian accent and he can't say his R's, so he says W's. Mm. And, and... In, when he's instead of his J's, he says yeah, like he calls yeah. him Yimmy, doesn't he? Instead except, of Jimmy, except he's just using an American accent. Yeah. So why wouldn't he be able to say those letters? So again, if they'd have gone, you're Hungarian, do cartoonish Hungarian accent, mm-hmm. then I'd have been like, oh, I get that. But then on the other hand, you have got Bruce Willis, who is incredibly cool. He's such a cool actor. You know, he's the king of some of, of, of that sort of like laid back guy. You know action hero sort of thing in films isn't he but he's really playing it quite low-key mm-hmm. like he seems like he's it's, it's like bruce willis's character is from the dark comedy and a lot of other people are from the screwball comedy yeah and they, i totally they, see what you mean and, and they don't really match up and it just yeah. left me going like and i think for me it probably comes down to a mixture of the writing and the directing which is like just just, just pick one yeah just, yeah, just yeah. pick one because if you'd have gone with the lighter option for me it could have been a really good film but mm-hmm. there's some elements in it it's like it, it it's all a bit jarring um mm-hmm. so like as i say the difference between some of the performances if you look at rosanna arquette's performance and bruce willis's performance if you showed them to two people and went there from the same film you'd be like what is going on so i think the director mm-hmm. and the writer might be the same person i can't remember i haven't checked need needed to make a decision about that mm-hmm. and if they had it done either they need to get bruce willis and be like you know energy up high up, up yeah up it a little bit yeah or everyone else bring it down to bruce's level you know yeah and then yeah. i think and i think you would have had a really decent film there um and then and then and the other side of that is because it felt like bruce willis was playing it down a little bit i didn't like jimmy as a character okay so yeah. as in what i mean is bruce willis is incredibly cool the character is incredibly cool but as a character i was like but you've done terrible things mm-hmm. and you've not shown me anything in this to sort of redeem you. Mm. So I was just like, well, I hope the mob get you because you've killed 19 people or whatever. And mm. and so it's not, 
And I think that's also a little bit of a waste of Bruce Willis's talents because he does do that charming, boyish rogue really, really well. It's like, you know, he's up there with, for me, like Harrison Ford of mm-hmm. like leading men who are, you know, handsome and cool and, and can do that charming rogue type thing, the Han Solo sort of performance. But they don't really, I don't, it's almost like he's not given it, either Either he's not invested in it or they don't give him enough direction to be like, this is what Jimmy as a character is. So you just got this hitman that's like, why, why did I give a shit? Yeah, almost like it should have been that it turns out he didn't actually kill all those yeah, people. Or all the people he killed were real evil bastards. Yeah, and there's no redemption about more. like, yeah, there's no redemption with his wife. He wants to kill his wife because there's some sort of agreement where him, Yanni and her yeah. get $10 million if the other two die. And it's like, he wants to kill her. And there's never any, like, redemption of, like, oh, no, he actually he was he was doing it to protect her. It's like, no, he was he was always going to kill was gen- her. Yeah, like, he genuinely did. Because they take the piss, don't they? Because he, like, he won't get a divorce because it yeah. goes against his beliefs or whatever. But then he will happily kill people. So, yeah, and I guess if he is, like, he's not the hero, I guess, because Matthew Perry is the hero. But he is made out to be, like, like your men are like him. But yeah. I think I think you are right in what you said there. There is not enough built around him, I suppose, to make you like him. I liked him because I just thought, like you said, he's cool, calm, and collected, and standing yeah. up next to Matthew Perry. I just really liked that that sort of balance. But no, I can definitely see see what you mean with that. And, it, and it's not even necessarily the criticism of Bruce Willis because no, it's all he's it's, doing what he was told to he's, do. I he's guess. doing what he's told to be doing. I think they needed to go. This is I, this is the film you're in. Mm. And it's like he thinks he's in one film and other people. And it's it's almost like, and I know we've mentioned this before, I almost wonder if it's that case of like, you know, they say only certain directors can now get a really good performance out of Robert De Niro or Al Pacino mm-hmm. yeah. because they walk on set and new directors or less experienced directors go, oh, Robert De Niro, Yeah, like they're, they're starstruck. Yeah. And, and like Scorsese's their friend that he's worked with them since before they were famous. So he can go, no, that was shit. They're like this. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, this is at the point of Bruce Willis's career where a less experienced director's gone, oh, Maybe. John McClane, John McClane. He's, he's bigger than the like, film, yeah, isn't yeah. he? And no one's gone, Bruce, uh, you, you need to up the energy, mate. Yeah. Or whatever. I think I think he is. Do, either, he's either doing what he's doing or he's been doing what he's been told to be doing, but it just feels like he's in a different film. So I think there needed to be some decision made on the direction this was going. But that was it. I, mean, I suppose that's sort of one extended point from me, really, in mm. terms of how I feel, because there's other little gaps as well. Like There's not really an exposition between Jimmy and Oz, so they spend like a day together, and then you're like, they're best friends. Best buddies, But it yeah. doesn't make any sense. But anyway, is there anything else from you that you didn't like? Because I know you do have a bit of affection for this film, and I tried not to go in two-footed. No, I tried not thought, to t- break the legs of the film, but um, listen, if you if you bring some weight to your points, then there is no issue, yeah. is there? I think you explained yourself very well, and for a lot of part, I can definitely see where you're coming from. And just sort of bouncing off what you said then about some of the little details and stuff, and I think just some of the things that got ignored or rushed or whatever. So one of the plot points is that there's this ten million dollars in a bank somewhere, and to collect it, Jimmy, Yanni, and Cynthia all need to claim it together. Or if one or more of the group dies, the surviving members can withdraw the money if they've got the death certificates for the deceased. So Jimmy kills Yanni Gogolak. And then he fakes his own death. So then Cynthia can go and get the money, right? But wouldn't she surely be 
suspicious as all hell, right? That Jimmy and Yanni have just died in a burnt-out, torched car, and then immediately after, Cynthia is at the bank ready to take the money out. Like, surely she's prime suspect number one. The feds would be on her immediately. This guy who's ratted out, like one of the biggest crime bosses in Chicago, has died, right? They reckon Jimmy Tedeschi's dead. And then Yanni Gogol, like another huge, huge, high-profile person, is dead. There's no way they're just letting her walk in that bank with two death certificates for those guys. And and, and that also probably comes back to what we were saying earlier, which is if it's the caper, screwball, light-hearted comedy, that's the sort of thing where I don't think you question it. Or or throw a funny line in there about something like maybe the bank teller goes, oh, anyone would think you'd killed these guys. You know, like a wink and a nod to the audience or something. But they don't mention it. They don't touch on it. So it just... It looks like a huge gaping hole in the story. It's, a, it's almost like, yeah, narratively it is, it's like they got an idea and they just didn't flesh it out enough in yeah. some senses, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception. Now, I've been quite harsh on this film. That doesn't mean it's not underrated, as we've said before. There are things that I've mentioned there, but if it's been absolutely slammed by the critics, perhaps I will say it is underrated. So who Maybe. knows? No, I, have, it's I the haven't fun seen of the podcast. I, I have not seen the critical reception, Alice. So mm-hmm. what do I think? What I do know. you think? If you I were gonna throw a guess on it, put a number on it. You think it's underrated because you've looked at the critical reception, yeah. right? And you're mm-hmm. quite fond of it. Mm-hmm. I may be blinded by So what nostalgia. what would I give it? I would mm-hmm. probably give it like a I don't know, like a four. Oh, okay. Ooh, but I, right. I think maybe. So yeah, let's say that. Let's say like four and a <laughs> half. All right. And, 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 I, and that's why it's underrated because you think it's perhaps, I don't know, a six or seven or something <laughs> like that. Like, I don't know. Well, what would you say? Um. So I would probably... <sighs> thing is, I had fun watching it. Yeah. Like, and... and... I, there are issues with it. There are holes in the story. Sort of and I think, like bad. you said, it's a bit muddled and it is a yeah. bit mixed up with what it wants to be. But I enjoyed watching it. But I wonder if I just, because I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, if that makes it, like, almost tricks your brain into thinking, mm. oh, yeah, this was good, when maybe it wasn't. So I, I suspect um, the critics weren't kind to it. I can say that. I, 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 mm-hmm. I just ha- I have a gut feeling the critics weren't, weren't kind to it. And I know this because, well, I don't know this for sure, but I... I I think I googled the sequel, which oh, is the whole shit. ten yeah, yards, and saw no. it got battered. Mm. So I'm wondering if that's because you know they felt the bar was low to begin with. The critics, yeah. I mean, but then maybe the audience are quite fond of it. Anyway, lay it on me. How did I mean, it do? It's wild that it got a sequel at all, really. But I, I yeah. didn't know there was more I mean, of that story su- to tell. How successful was it at the box office? I'll have to watch like, it. I'll have to yeah. watch the next one. Um, so on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets 6.7. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was that's like pretty generous, that, okay. really. Uh, over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 64% and the critics gave it 43%, which is kind of where you were at with that sort of four, low four yeah, mark. So, so thinking of... Out, uh, yeah, like what, five, 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 five and a five, bit? Half like um, So I think the problem is I can see... I can see the flaws in it, so I can see what the critics are talking about. The critic consensus was, despite a charming cast, the whole nine yards can't tickle funny bones consistently enough to distract from its sitcom-like story. Um, so that's I pretty, don't that's know. pretty accurate, like, for, for me. Yeah. What did the critics give it? 43. So I don't know if it is underrated, really. So 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than a 43. I would probably at least give it a five and probably go into, I'd probably give it that high five, actually, what it averages out at. 6.7 on IMDb, I think is quite generous. Yeah, that is quite generous, actually. I don't know if it is underrated. I think maybe I was wrong on this Are we saying it's overrated? Not overrated, maybe appropriately rated. rated When you sort of balance them all out. I don't know, what are you thinking? What do you think? Listen, you picked it. You're fonder than me of the film. And Mm. I think if that's what you think, let's go with that. It's appropriately rated. But you... Wanted to watch it again. You still had a good time with it. I so. had a good time, you know. And as a revisit, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised, yeah. and I did enjoy it. I enjoyed watching it. This wasn't like uh, all dogs go to is heaven, it, where I was just disappointed the whole way through. Or forty a, days and forty nights. Yeah, is it a awful. bit of a guilty pleasure then? Is it like a, I know this is shit, but actually I um, like it. Maybe a little bit. I don't. I don't really agree with the term guilty pleasures, Josh. Oh, because no, you know just, you can love what you love, you man. Love, and everyone it's should all love good, anything. Man. But you know what I mean. Is it like a, yeah. I can see the flaws, but I don't I really see give the a shit. flaws. It doesn't know what it wants yeah. to be, but I still enjoyed the ride. It's like, I suppose the way I am. Is it your Green Lantern? Oh, maybe it's <laughs> my Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. But I do. I would. I would argue that Green Lantern was better. <laughs> Well, there we go then. The whole nine yards, I guess, tentatively, sort of, into the appropriately rated vault. It's dusty in there. It is dusty. The vault creaks open and in goes goes, um, the whole nine yards. I can't even remember other stuff that's in there. No, oh no, me neither. We'd have to we'd have to check our <laughs> spreadsheet about that, Josh, wouldn't we? But there we go. Well, I had a good time. And you know what? I'm glad. I got you to watch a film you hadn't seen before. So there's yeah. that, isn't there? Uh, but anyway, Josh, what are we going to be watching for next week? Next week, we are going to be watching oh, and talking oh. about... This is my favourite part of the episode, oh, guys. I love this. I love I'm this. wondering Let's how this is going to go says. down with you. Oh, yeah, go on, go on. Next week, Alice, we're going to be talking about... Mm. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. <laughs> Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, no, it's fair. You can laugh, but we're going to watch it and talk about it. Yeah. Neutral, deadpan, <laughs> I, poker face. You don't Absolutely. know what I think about yeah. any of this. Um, so, yeah, join us next week. <laughs> when we're going to be talking about Lara Croft 2 Raider. Why did I pick it? Tune in oh, next week and I will guys. tell you. Um, in the meantime, if you could give us a little rating wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, all the usual places that do reviews, we'd really, really appreciate it. It helps other people find us and all that jazz. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com and we're on all the social medias. If you just search for just films and that pod, we're also on the television, Alice. Oh, we are indeed. So every Friday evening from 6pm, we're on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the Northeast of England, you can find us on channel 7 on Freeview or if you live in North Wales or South Wales you can find us on channel 8 on Freeview or if you have Sky and you live anywhere in the UK, you can find us on channel 195, that's every Friday from 6pm. Lots of places to hear us talking Ooh. about underrated underseen films and again if you've got and a suggestion. appropriately rated and appropriately rated <laughs> films like the whole nine yards. Um, yes. If you've got a film you want us to talk about, get in touch however, next week we'll be talking about Lara Croft Tomb Raider I can't wait, Alice. Neither can I. For what Um, reason? Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thank you very much for listening. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.